just trying to figure out the juggle of routines when I had a kid in, you know, middle school and I had a kid in preschool and then I had newborns and just the juggle of the day-to-day was so exhausting and complicated. I mean, I just felt like there were some days we were just on the go the whole time. I think that this should be a part of the algebra tests in high school. You know, they'd always be like, there is a train going five miles an hour. And if you leave your house 25 miles an hour, when will you cross each other? (laughs) We didn't know they were preparing us for parenthood. Yeah. If you have one kid who gets out of middle school at 225 (laughs) and the bus travels at five miles an hour to the bus stop, but your toddler is in a preschool where they are having their (laughs) pickup at 245, can you leave on time with your middle schooler to pick up your... It is unbelievable. I I can't even keep track. It's what algebra was made for, (laughs) right? This is the real helpful thing. So yes, our lives are going in a hundred different directions at once. How do we make some semblance of something predictable out of that? We hold on to the days that we recognize can run kind of according to the schedule. We hold it with an open hand. Today, it is going to be grace upon grace upon grace to find the rhythm that works for you. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. This week's episode is brought to you by Spoonful One. Spoonful One's mission is to help stop a food allergy before it starts. May is Food Allergy Awareness Month, and we are thrilled to be partnering with Spoonful One to bring awareness about the importance of early introduction to high allergen foods. Did you know that 320,000 children born this year will develop a food allergy by the age of 18? That is a number that we can decrease with the new guidelines of introducing potential allergens early and often. We know that parents are busy and the thought of getting all these foods in consistently can feel overwhelming. But here is where Spoonful One makes it easy. Spoonful One products provide gentle daily exposure to 16 food allergens, one packet, once a day, for one year. And Spoonful One has an exclusive offer just for Moms on Call listeners. Go to SpoonfulOne.com backslash Moms on Call for more information and your offer of 35% off their award-winning products. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, Laura. I'm Melanie, and I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I have a quick question for you. What does a typical day look like for a toddler? 
And does that change when they start doing half days at preschool? Thank you so much. I love half days at preschool. I remember with my first son, we dropped him off at nine and he would stay there until almost like three o'clock for the first time. And I'm like, that's so many hours. Will he be okay? Um, The answer to that is unequivocally, yes. He was a social kid. He was so okay. He probably could have stayed there till five or six o'clock at night, having a great time and, you know, just worried on behalf of nothing. He loved, loved, loved it. So these opportunities that we have to expand our toddlers' lives and what we expose them to, it's actually a really exciting time. It really is. And I think that as a parent, just like you, Melanie, is trying to figure out, well, do I stay on the half-day preschool routine on the days that they're not at preschool? And how do I juggle that? And what things can we keep consistent in the day-to-day? And I think that's really what we're going to talk about today, Melanie, is trying to give you the tools that you need. One, to know that it's okay for the days to be a little different from day-to-day because that's reality. But are there things that we can keep in place to help with that kind of routine and and predictability that they so crave? And one of the things I think is looking at the start point of the day, trying to keep that start point of the day as consistent as reality will allow and be very intentional. And I always like the end part of the day. If we can keep that bedtime routine as consistent as reality will allow, then the things in the middle can be a little bit shifty all over the place. Shifty. Yeah, (laughs) I like that word, shifty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, if they're going to do nap time kind of according to their schedule at a certain time of day, it's okay to adjust your nap times on the days that they're home. So if they go three times a week, the daycare's nap time happens at, you know, 10 o'clock okay, that's great. We can move our nap time in the day to 10 o'clock and keep that consistency going. But we also want to recognize that they know when they're in different environments. And this works for grandparents' houses. This works for daycare. Like we don't have to mimic everything. They recognize the different environments that they're in and kind of the little changes and rhythms of those different places. So, you know, there are a few things that we can keep consistent, but if it's not all consistent all the time, it is okay. And I think one of the things is just knowing that, you know, by this toddler age, you know, a lot of times they're down to one nap a day at that point. That's usually happening somewhere between 12 and 1 or 1.30 in the afternoon as the start point of that nap. But a lot of these half-day preschools or or mother's morning outs, they're ending at like 12 or 1230. And by the time you get home and you get lunch. And so, you know, how do you navigate that when lunch may have to be pushed later in the day on those days? But on the days that they're home, they are so ready to take that nap earlier. You know, how do you navigate that? And, And is that okay? Oh, yeah. We talk about that a lot, especially on all the schedules, all the way from infancy. Like we have a 15 minute window on either side of the times listed. That's just a grace period. If they get to sleep 15 minutes earlier than the time listed, we don't shift the whole schedule. We just check that off like that counted. 945 counted 
as the 10 o'clock. <laughs> 10, 15 counted as the 10 o'clock. And we don't shift everything every day. So that's a half hour where we really have a lot of wiggle room, but can still maintain that inner 24-hour clock that the kids have. So we do have more leeway than that. And some days go off the rails. On the shifty days, we have, when we first put these routines out, like nobody considered what happens on a crazy day. And we always called them the crazy day guidelines because, Laura, you have five kids. Well, now six. Right. Welcome to the family of married in yes, member. Yes, so exciting. Um, I always gave you six kids, so I'm so happy to have, like, finally be able to say yes. You really We just do didn't have know it was now. Evan. We right. just didn't know, and that's <laughs> so awesome. And yeah, we're so excited. So, yeah, when you have any number of kids and your schedules are going crazy, uh, you know, it's here in Atlanta. You, Melanie, you said you were from the Atlanta area. We don't know how long it's going to take us to get across town. No. It could be 20 minutes. It could be an hour and a half. It depends on what time you're leaving. And there's a lot of areas that, you know, experience these things that are outside of our control. So on a crazy day, what are the basic things like Laura was talking about that we can keep in place that'll most affect our nighttime success so we can at least sleep after a crazy day happened? And, you know, just serve kind of the functioning of the household. So in the app, in the books, you'll get the crazy day guidelines. And I love that. I think that, you know, if we can keep a few of those kind of reset points in place, it just makes all the difference. And so, you know, when you get home, let's say it's mother's morning out and you finally get home and you have a little bit of time to unwind then let's do a nap opportunity. Whether or not it starts at 12.30 or 1 or 1.30, let's have that nap opportunity. Typically, after being at school for those few hours, these kids are ready to take a nap. And so go up and do, you know, maybe a snack when you first get home, then head up to their room and do that pre-nap routine and get them down for some quiet time. And maybe it'll be a 45-minute to an hour little quiet time. And that is okay. Keeping that evening routine in place on those days is kind of your reset point. And I just think that's so important. Then on the days that they're at home, trying to hit that one nap in the crib as consistently as you can is important as well. And I think we'll leave you with answering your question very specifically in mom's on call style. I'm going to read you out of our toddler resource, what we've entitled the typical day, 12 months to four years. At 7 a.m., the door opens for the start of the day and they can have a little sippy cup. Then at 8 a.m., we have breakfast. At 9, there's playtime. 10 o'clock, another sippy cup and a snack. Between 11 and 11.30, we have lunch. Somewhere between 12 and 1, we pick one time between 12 and 1 and start the nap at that time each day. That's ideally two to three hours. And this is the one nap a day schedule. 3.30 to 4, somewhere in there, we're having a sippy cup and a snack. Between 5 and 6, it's family supper time. At 6.30, we're doing the bath. 
and 7 to 7.30, we're having our bedtime routine as described in the resource with all the tender time and encouragement and identity and that short little time where we just put everything aside and we connect with them. And more so than every day running according to schedule. If you can meet them between awake and asleep and connect and love them and identify with them and let them identify with your family, then you are going to be successful in so many more ways than feeling like you're running on top. That's grace upon grace upon grace. Your baby and toddler food questions answered. Welcome to the Moms on Call Snack Attack, brought to you by Spoonful One. Laura, do you remember that toy called a bop it? It was like bop it, twist it. Oh, yes. Had, I forget what all the things were. Yes, and you're trying to just get the lights or whatever to... Yeah, and the order. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Let's talk about spill it, wear it, spit it, or eat it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Look, food has so many options. Hey, my kids have done all of those options. No doubt about hey, it. Just imagine it in that bop it voice. Spill it, wear it, spit it, eat it. <laughs> it goes in that order. Oh, we want more in their mouth and less on the floor. And how can we do that? I think, you know, we've talked a lot of times about don't overwhelm them when they're sitting at the table and, and we're doing mealtimes. So many times, how often do we put adult-sized servings onto their tray or plate and expect them to navigate that? And have adult size expectations <laughs> yes. of what mealtime should look like. So today you have the freedom. Here's what mealtime may look like. Spill it, wear it, spit it, eat it. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey.